Pack Double Feature presents Pick 6, where the guys round out a top 5 list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love. Plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. I got beer in my face. It's synchronized. Ah, it it shot on my face. Like when Vincent shot Marvin on accident. Aw, man, I accidentally opened Budweiser. On all over Marvin's face. How the fuck you accidentally open a Budweiser? <laughs> you don't. That's the answer. Oh. You do that shit on purpose. <laughs> what is up, gang? It's a new season of Pick 6. I am not Nathan. And, and I am still not Travis. Nope, not never. How you been, buddy? I've been all right. I've been, I've been good. I've been good. I got a new chair over here. I hear it's not squeaking. It's not squeaking. I'm moving as much as I can in it. It's a modified old movie theater chair. So basically what you're saying is, is if we end up hearing... Like anything, something be... squeak in a in a in a later episode of the Pick Sixes. That means it may have been recorded before the chair was replaced. We... <laughs> not every movie is shot in sequence. It bugs the actors. Oh, okay. So we're not children. We don't need to shoot it in sequence. To... <laughs> you say we're not children? Yeah. I mean, speak for yourself. I mean, there's a. Well, some oh. movies they shoot in sequence because it's easier for the kids to. Oh, transition. for children. Yeah. 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 Fuck them. <laughs> Don't care about children. I hope you guys enjoyed season four of the main, the big bulk, uh, full entree episodes, the one pound manly meal episodes, and we're we're here now. To the <laughs> the uh, one pound manly meals. Now this is a snack bag. You've seen those, right? The Hungry Man. Yes. The one point one pound of food. Of, of. I saw a while yeah. back a uh, I don't know if it was a meme or what, but it was uh, a woman posting about her her son said, uh, "Hey mom, when I hit when I hit ninety nine pounds, I want to eat one pound of nachos so that I'm literally one percent nachos." <laughs> and then they posted a picture of Qui Gon Jinn dying, saying he is the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet that kid. I want to eat nachos with him. Is he still alive? <laughs> I don't know. We <laughs> want to check that out first. Uh, Coronary right. failure, nacho cheese. So we're kicking off season four of Pick Six with. Uh, first of all, what are you drinking there? I'm just drinking a high life because I'm uh, living the, the highest life. I uh, haven't really put much thought into beer today, so I'm cleaning out the shit that's left over from last year. I'm just having a the last Budweiser in an empty fridge. Because when you say Budweiser, you've said it all. You know it, babe. <laughs> <laughs> so today we thought we would kick off with a slightly different episode. Uh, we've got another one of these coming up. Uh, depending on how this one goes, <laughs> it may be the same. It may be a little different. But today is Sci-Fi Movie Marathon. Yeah, Sci-Fi Movie Marathon. We we were kind of pondering around the idea of putting together a list of like, first it was sci-fi like masterpiece, like like ultimate pick of sci-fi movies, and then we kind of transitioned it into maybe we should just do a marathon. What if we put together a marathon like, you know, some cable channel showing a. A, you know, an all-day marathon, and this was your six movies laid out. Right, right. And I was like, that's a really good idea. That, I like that. Let's let's do that. Because so. a lot of you guys may or may not know, I work, uh, I work a seasonal job where I'm basically off from Christmas till Valentine's Day, give or take. So I end up having a lot of free time to uh, uh, do what? You know, homework for be, the podcast? Do a lot of homework and editing for the podcast. Uh, and then, you know, just take in some movies, and I... Didn't really do a marathon per se this year, but I definitely uh, put on about ten pounds in the last two months. So I did a marathon of eating, eating fatty food and drinking beer today. Um, all of my movies, Nathan, are they're part of a greater franchise or series. 
Uh, Are they similar thematically in some way, or is it more just broad sci-fi? They're sci-fi. Not all of them are part, but uh, they're all either sequels or have been sequelized or whatever. Uh, You've you've seen all these. I'm not going to be Mr. Obscure with this. Um, I'm going to save that for the other one. (laughs) That's funny. When I was talking about this with Lisa, I was like, yeah. And so we started our marathon. We we picked a time, and then we did timestamp that, and then we went down to the next one. Oh, yeah, I timestamped And then Lisa was like, um... I know how marathons work. You don't need to explain that to me. <laughs> Mansplaining. I forget, I forget that uh, we also don't watch a lot of uh, just regular cable television or anything anymore, like that. No. So, I mean, it wasn't the fact that I was trying to mansplain it to her, but it was funny that she's like, I understand how marathons work. Did you, I get that you start at 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock. Yeah, or I started whatever. mine at 8 in the morning. I started mine at 10. Okay. All right, you, so you slept in a little bit. Do, no, okay, I did leave gaps between, like if there was an odd number of time oh, yeah. between. Same here. Okay, yeah. It's time for you to go pee, get a sandwich, grab another beer, or whatever. Yeah, uh, you can't pause it, but so just in so the, you got to sit there. Full disclosure: um, mine goes from eight in the morning until uh, nine fifteen at night or nine twelve. Um, mine so goes. Mine starts at ten. Okay, and it ends at around. 11 o'clock. Let's stay on the same format. We talked about doing one whole list and then the other whole list. Right. Let's just let's stay on the same format and go back and forth. So we Okay. Yeah. I'm afraid it'll get lopsided. That's fine. So, like always, you go first. What's your number six? was this drug i couldn't stay messy on it i hadn't had a cigarette in six hours hadn't eaten so abstemious and tidy what was this a drug for people who wanted to be more anal retentive i wasn't high wasn't wired just clear i knew what i needed to do and how to do it i'm lost dude i don't know what that is <laughs> you're laughing Should no I no you i don't know you may not have seen it what's good right now is uh well we're recording this in the past, yet in the future, so it may not be available, uh, but it's currently on Netflix. It's uh-huh. called Limitless. I have no idea what that is. Uh, yeah, it's it's Bradley Cooper. He's I put down here, it's like 10 a.m., Limitless, 2011, PG-13, one hour, 45 minute. And the description says, with the help of a mysterious pill that enables the user to access 100% of his brain abilities, a struggling writer becomes a financial wizard. But it also puts him in a new world with uh, lots of other dangers. Kind of like Flowers for Algernon in a way? Maybe. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But, yeah, but the, with a, the, yeah, a lot of differences. I, we're down here. It's like it's the perfect what-if scenario to basically start my marathon off at, at 10 o'clock. Um, who wouldn't want to have a pill? Hand raised. <laughs> it basically unlocks you, the ability to to utilize your entire brain because okay. you know that the norm is that you only use about what what is it twenty eight and a half is percent. It? It's it's that's a low from, end. That's from Tommy Boy. <laughs> Let's say the average person uses ten percent of their brain. How much do you use? Eight, eight and, and a half percent. percent. Uh, it's just <laughs> what's interesting is is Bradley Cooper plays Eddie Mora, who who is just a down on his luck writer. He looks like he's. Is it, a Netflix, is it a Netflix movie? Or no, it, it okay. is a regular movie <laughs> on Netflix at okay. this moment. Okay. Maybe not right now if you're looking it up to see if you can stream it now. But a I year ago, it was. <laughs> uh, but it's just really fun because what happens is is he he's starting to figure things out, but he doesn't have enough cash to do what he needs to do in order to make more money on the stock market. And so okay. while he can make a little bit through like E-Trade or things like that, he needs a large amount to make even more, so he ends up going to, 
you know, like the Russian mob and getting, you know, going to a loan shark and getting a hundred grand and then that gets him in trouble. We have and, a president that does that. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's just, it's just a light entry into what my theme for my marathon is, is more of what if scenarios Okay. what, what sometimes is called like high concept. Sure. And yours goes from your your first movie goes from ten in the morning to eleven forty five. Right. So my next show wouldn't start till twelve. Gotcha. So mine, I start at eight. Uh, mine goes from eight in the morning till ten thirty three in the morning, and that's Star Wars. Not Episode Four. Not A New Hope. Not Special Edition. Nineteen seventy seven Star well, Wars. Nineteen eighty seven taped off of television. CBS <laughs> oh, Thursday so night you movie have... broadcast. Fucking Star Wars. <laughs> the one we all grew up with. Now that had some edits to it. George had gotten a hold of it because it had been 10 years. He'd gotten a hold of it and done a couple of Lucases to it. But that's the one I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Han shoots first. It does say A New Hope. I make this the first one in my marathon because you don't need – It's also a complete story. It stands alone. You don't need Empire. You don't need Jedi. You don't need any of the bullshit. It's the glimpse you get. It's the inception of the glimpse into this universe where you want more. Like why does that character that does nothing have a name? In the credits. Yeah. You know, why does he have a toy? Why does, why does Snaggletooth have a toy? Why does he have an action figure? He does nothing. It's the one that opens the world, opens your eyes to that. You're taking your first step into a larger world. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my, uh, evidently, uh, Anthony that's Hopkins it. as Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> Which it would not be a bad. <laughs> It'd be it's, different. It would be different. It'd be kind of creepy, like that art teacher that breathes down your neck. Yeah, because who would you have to ca- – yeah, we. I don't know if we'd ever talk about Star Wars as like a, a, maybe in a trilogy format – like, who would you ever recast as Alec Guinness now? And if you don't have Ewan Honestly, McGregor uh, now? Brian Cox, the original Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Yeah, he'd be good. He I would. would cast him maybe – he'd have to lose some weight just to be – and that sounds horrible, but <laughs> – No, he's uh, a – Super, a, super he, Troopers Especially era. now he's a he's a portly dude. Yeah, super troopers, super troopers era. Okay. Uh, he'd be a cool Obi-Wan. He'd be a cool Han Solo too. I digress. I digress. <laughs> no, 19- that's a good way to start out everything. 1987, straight up taped off TV, starts you off on a big, high, up note, big bang. You know you're going to get excited about the day. Fucking 1987, taped off CBS TV with the commercials. Listen carefully. This brand new 87 links for $139 a month, and you own it with no down payment. Hi, I'm Cal at Salem Mall, Lincoln Mercury, Mercure. And if you're a person that wants to own your car and not rent it, take advantage of this special purchase of a front-wheel drive 87 links. And remember, you don't need a down payment. You pay only $139 a month. And best of all, you own the car. See us at Salem Mall, Lincoln Mercury, Mercure, where we're never satisfied till you are. Star Wars. Mine was Cal Worthington. <laughs> You're high on mescaline. Go see Cal. <laughs> Star Wars takes me up to about 1030 in the morning. What's your number five? My number five, uh, starting at 12 o'clock, is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That's a good pick. 2004, rated R, one hour and 48 minutes. <laughs> or as I also uh, titled it, uh, Travis Yost in 2005. Right. Um, the description here is just this. When their relationship turns sour, a couple undergoes a medical procedure to have uh, each other erased from their memories. And I wrote down like this one like list of like 30-day movie challenges. Like, why didn't I think of that? And oh. this was that one that I always felt like, God, man, that is such a great idea yeah. is what if you could erase your memories Who? of like Did ha- Michelle Gondry failed... write that or did he just direct No, it? that was Charlie Kaufman. Okay. I, I was, yeah, Charlie very... Kaufman, but Michelle Gondry directed it. You know what scene I always remember from that movie? 
is I don't know why it sticks out in my head, but she says, "Remember, this is the day you looked at my crotch and got horny and wanted to have sex." <laughs> it's such a weird, but it's very believable. It, it well, uh, yes. sure. And you, if you're very, uh, anyone who's ever in a you know a, a relationship, yeah, it was just like and I remember the shot. She it was just her underwear. She had on like purple or blue underwear. It's Kate Winslet's, right? Yeah. No, I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel bad about it. Don't, don't get mistaken. That's a very blunt. It is a scene, yeah. and I. I, I I find it funny. What sticks funny in my- and touching at the same time. That's this movie. Yeah, a little um, disturbing. Yeah, well, mostly mostly due to um, Frodo. What's his name? Uh, Sam Elijah Lewis? Wood. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even like when they're starting to erase his memory, and he's kind of still apparently going into his memory, and he starts looking at the bookstore, and like the books all kind of turn white, and there's nothing on it, and everything just starts to like get. Very muffled and echoing, and oh, it's, it's called an overdose. Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> what I really like, it's like there's nothing. What was like one of the quotes from the movie is like nothing that. Um, it's like how many brain cells are you going to kill? Nothing more than just that one heavy night of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Carrey had done a couple of not heavy, but like really good movies where he's not talking through his butt. And this was this was one of those where he kind of started to find his yeah. modern Truman show was tone. there. Um, that was kind the of the start. Lisa's of it. really favorite is The Majestic or I think he still never seen yeah, either of those. It's been a long time since I've seen The Majestic. I think he's got amnesia. It's in like the fifties. He's owns a theater, runs a theater or yeah, something yeah. like I that. No, it's yeah. about a movie theater. Um Okay. Like so Eternal Sunshine, Kate Winslet, Jim Carrey. Sometimes what's really fun with this story is that if you think that there's someone that you were really meant to be together with uh-huh. that you end up with oh, that person again. Back. Yeah, that's what really plays strong with that film. So you're playing the what if game over there. Mm-hmm. I guess I can tweak mine. Um, my next movie starts at uh, my last one, Star Wars, ended at 10.33 in the morning. Okay. Uh, I took a quick pee break, grabbed something to eat. You start at 10.45 or 11? 10.40. Oh, 10.40. I'm not you fucking gave- around. I'm not fucking around. <laughs> I'm getting right into my what if, which goes till about 12.30. But uh, what if an astronaut landed on a planet entirely inhabited with apes that were in charge instead of humans now there are humans but they're mute oh you're not going for the 2000 and just watched it last night one. though marky <laughs> Wahlberg. i fucking love that movie it's such a it's i love a the twist tim, yeah. i love the tim burton planet of the apes yeah i figure after all like the the basically america in space that is star wars all the fanfare all the up endings and the good guys win why not take the next one and go sour yeah, throw some lemon juice in your in that cut, you know. It's a bit of a deep cut too, because it's it's messes with your mind at first. Because it's been a little while since I sat down and watched that. I think I still have that in my library because it was. I have all other, five of the originals uh, in a box set. And Jamie, I they get worse. Every, oh, they do. They uh, do. I said something about the second one, and Jamie goes, "How do you know the second one's worse?" And I was like, "I have all five of them in there in a box set." They went, progressively oh, get worse. How so? Because you go to the second, and the third, and the fourth, and the fifth, and they just get. We don't have makeup budget. Just make a rubber. Just mask. make a mask for everyone. And yeah. stand in the back, next to the cardboard. Is cutout. Roddy McDowell the only one that kind of goes through almost all of them, or most of them? He goes through all or most, and I cannot remember her name now. She yeah. plays Zira. She's in the first what, couple. I think they both go up through four, and they have a cameo in the beginning of the fourth one. And then by then, Paul Williams is the guy, and there's almost no semblance of order. Every time I think of Planet of the Apes, though, I go back to uh, Simpsons and the... uh, Dr. Zayas! 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 Oh, Dr. Zayas! 
we all knew the end of this. <laughs> you, can, you can look at the cover of the damn DVD and know what the ending of this is. Yeah, you know? yeah. The only way you didn't know the end of it is if it was 1968 and you were going to the theater to see this for the first time. Or if and, you're a kid discovering it on TV yeah. for the first time or something like that. You know the ending. If you've seen Spaceballs, you know the ending. Things coming <laughs> you know? out of the news. Spaceballs? Oh, shit. There goes the planet. <laughs> I did, I'd never seen Planet of the Apes when I saw Spaceballs in the theater when I was a but kid. I, but I, I knew and I, what it I was, I asked though. my mom, why are you laughing? And she was like, <laughs> you won't get it right ah, now. You'll play someday. I mean, even knowing the ending, going back and watching it, it's a really good, it's a really cool concept. It's yes. really, you have to unplug a couple of spark plugs to get there, but fun little time travel scenario. And it was also kind of fun risque. Adventure. His lines are, damn you all to hell. You was a, damn, damn you. It's rated G. Yeah. It's still rated, well, probably now it's rated PG, but... I don't know. It was rated Either G back way, okay. then. He says, God damn you all to hell, and then he's, they show his weird haunchy ass oh, in that one scene. As he grips the sand and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> weird, weird fucking... You know, who would have thought he was, like, right there on the Hudson River? <laughs> 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 really close to it. <laughs> the, uh, I like it. Uh, it, it's sci-fi, it's but a trip. It, it's a sci-fi movie at the beginning, and then it just this turns into on your into scores, a, too, right? A, yes, yeah, because it it's, it's Jerry a, Goldsmith. It was very kind of tribal and experimental. But it's sci-fi at the beginning. They're in space, and then they're landed. They're marooned on a weird planet, and then it just turns into survival. And then it, it shifts from being a sci-fi movie till the very end when you're like, fuck, it was a time travel movie, too. He can talk. He can talk. Uh, 68, 1968, Planet of the Apes. That's my number Five. What is your number four? My number four starts at two o'clock. The movie is called Time Lapse from 2014. You may not have ever seen it. It was it hit more along the uh, festival route and showed up on Netflix. But it's, I know the title. Yeah, um, it's an hour and 44 minutes. And three friends basically discover a mysterious machine that takes pictures 24 hours into the future. It's a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. What's funny is, is when they wrote it, the guys who wrote it and directed it had no idea of the Twilight episode. And then watching the DVD, watching like the Blu-ray special kind of making of, they, go, they were going fuck. through, they were writing throughout their entire process of the story structure. And it was going across like three different walls. And then they come back a little bit later and goes, we just watched... They fade back in and it's like, we just watched an episode of Twilight Zone and apparently there are no new original ideas anymore because we had no idea that this happened. Have you ever sat down and done a Twilight Zone marathon or just watched uh, like four episodes of Twilight Zone? Thanksgiving is when I used to do those when I was it's, a kid. It's, man, it's a gut punch. Yeah. And it's also like... It's the perfect format for a lot of those type of sci-fi what-if scenarios. so ahead of its so, time. Man. Oh, so ahead of its time. Man. Because you watch it and you're like, fuck, that's just the village. Fuck, that's just Planet of the Apes. Well, yeah. Planet of the Apes was a Rod Sterling story. Right. And then you watch this, and there's any number of them, man. It's just a little low-budget indie sci-fi thriller. It's it's really well-crafted, and it's a story basically jealousy, time travel, and the degradation of relationships through the through power and greed. Okay. The only person you would probably recognize in the film, uh, her name's uh, Danielle Panabaker. She's in The Flash uh, you may have seen her face. You may have seen her in oh, something else. But, yeah. Sorry, yeah. but it's just in many ways, it kind of reminds me of Danny Boyle's film, um, Shallow Grave, the movie that I let you borrow that you never watched. Do I still have that or did I give it no, back? No, I t- I t- after five months, I just took it back the last time I was over. <laughs> but instead of these friends finding money and having a dead roommate, they just find this camera that can take pictures into the future. You know, at first, everything's good and they start to use it for financial gain, but everything just kind of it, it tears them all apart. 
and they just kind of become slaves to time. They become Aren't slaves we all, to the machine. Yes, but this one – I should have said they, that like Werner, Werner Herzog would have said it. It's, it's an aren't interesting. We all, yes, aren't we all? <laughs> it's interesting because one of the roommates is an artist and he has a block for the longest time. And so when they finally come across the room that's there, he looks at the picture and goes, I'm out of my block. I've painted something. And he end up, ends up using oh. that as his inspiration, but he becomes dependent upon the picture every day to see what he's painted next rather than whatever is inspiring him to paint it. Okay. Sounds like a downer. It's good though. Oh, yeah. I should have. I should have. Oh, I've it. got some downers one, coming. No. Don't don't you worry, babe. I got some. He's up, down, up, down. So, so that's, that's your number four. That's my. That's my uh... coming back up. <laughs> that's my two p.m. I'm uh, twelve fifty. Twelve fifty to one forty three. Nineteen eighty two. Nicholas Meyer classic Star Trek two. The Wrath of Khan. The best one. The best one. Bringing it back up. Bringing it. I'm staying. I'm not, I'm not going. I'm not going weird esoteric. Like I said, I'm not going Mister Obscure. Yeah. After the you know universe sized turd that was Star Trek the motion picture, they went okay. What can we do? What can we do? How now? do we bring some sort of <laughs> oomph back to this? Well, let's go back to the fucking. Let's go back to the well. What go back ha- to yeah. What was one of the greatest episodes? You know, Khan. Mm-hmm. What was that? Spa- that space seed? No, it was space oh, seed. Was it space seed? Yeah. Okay. Uh, space seed or seed of space? Yeah. Seed, yeah either way, yeah. Um, He's got like. Does he have black hair in that? In the yeah, in, in the, the episode, yeah, he has a black like uh, uh, like Revolutionary War style ponytail. Okay, but yeah. in Wrath of Khan, he yes, has a a big aged. muscular chest plate, and then he just yes. has a salt and pepper mullet. Mm-hmm. Which uh, what I love about this is two things that I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> two two of my favorite words: salt, pepper, and <laughs> mullet. That's mullet. three words. Um, Nicholas Meyer almost makes the Enterprise feel like a submarine, like a. Star Trek is very much like you're in a flying Apple store. Right. Um, he took some elements from like, I don't know if it was Das Boot necessarily, but it just feels a little more claustrophobic. It feels more like a service vessel. Yes. Than a big utilitarian sterile. Is this the first time the Kobayashi Maru like scenario was brought in? <sighs> I'm not that big of a trekker. Don't know if it was I know brought up in the original series. I don't know if it was brought up in the original series. I know they readdress it later when they reboot it into they, this oh, almost, not Star Trek uh, 2009. So I they was almost Kobayashi Maru. It was it was big in uh, TNG okay. Next Generation uh, for those. It was a mission that w- you couldn't win. Is Correct, pretty much yeah. was the scenario. How do you how do you deal with defeat? Yeah. Yes, and Kirk cheats at it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I almost start my Star Trek movies. With this one, I've I've only seen the motion picture once, and I was like ten. It's I'm not sure if I've ever seen it. I've always been told to avoid it. Just avoid it, dude. Start with Wrath of Khan because it has grit, and it starts the story arc of arguably not the best story arc you could have. But Star Trek two, Star Trek three, and then Star Trek four. four. Those are the best three of. I love all five of them. Undiscover Country is really good as well. Five, I love. Yeah. I love. I love. Five is Final weird. Fr- five is weird, but I, I love the Final Frontier. Yeah. Undiscovered Country is really good, but it all starts back here with Khan, who they brought back from the TV show, and they've tried to do it a couple more times. Uh, they kind of do the whole Empire Strikes Back thing too, because you have Spock dying at the end of two, Spoiler. and everybody going, "Oh, is what's going on?" Yeah. It all starts with Khan back at the. Uh, in the original series, and then they come back here because he's been marooned, and this is what starts the actual 
good story arc of, <laughs> of Star Trek movies. So it's a it's a fave to some, it's a must see to others, and it's for some people. It's no, just, it's it's they don't do and Star it's Trek. and it's always kind of seen as the of the motion picture. Star Trek movies, it's the one. It's the, it's it, the most it's, solid front to back story. It could stand alone. Just too. like with Star Wars, like you said. It's, yeah, it could it, stand alone. Yeah, it stands alone, and everyone is trying to beat that or match that format and that reach that bar. Yep. You know? Jamie came home one night uh, three or four years ago. I'd gotten the Blu ray series for Christmas, and I was just openly sobbing on the couch. And she's like, Are you watching Star Trek 4? <laughs> I was like, It's a cautionary tale. <laughs> We're killing the planet. <laughs> uh, I was drinking. Anyway, I digress. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. That's my number four. Uh, it takes me up to about a quarter till two this afternoon. What is your number three? Uh, Gattaca, 1997. Fuck, I love Gattaca. Uh, anyone who hasn't seen Gattaca, there I may be it. a little bit of spoilers. So FYI, the movie's also over 20 years old. Could also have read A Brave New World. Uh, yeah. But uh, a genetically it. inferior man assumes the identity of a superior one in order to pursue his lifelong dream of space travel with Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, Jude Law. Well, Ethan Hawke's character, he's the last naturally conceived man on Earth. Is Everyone, that what it is? Yeah, his okay. parents. It's in the narration in the beginning. His parents yeah, are having sex in the back of worth, a car at the beach. Yes, in a, in a Riviera yeah. of the Detroit style yeah. or whatever. Yes. And everyone else on the planet is genetically engineered. All right. By then, I did not realize he was the last one I had Including Uma Thurman. Detail. And I think we can all get behind the fact that if you're going to genetically engineer near a female uma thurman is i mean she's yeah. yeah what i really like about the film is you just think about the fact like as if discrimination wasn't already bad enough with the human race mm-hmm. since the beginning of time that hey guess what we're going to create a new way for you guys to be discriminated what anybody who's naturally born or is invalid or I love how you just they're take not, out that dash. It's you're an invalid. Yeah, they're not invalids. They're yeah, invalids. They're invalids. What I like about that movie is it shows that the grass isn't greener on the other side because Jude Law's character is supposed to be this perfectly genius, genetically engineered human, and there should be nothing wrong with him. He yeah, and be, he's his, an alcoholic, and, and he got into su- a car accident. Was it a car accident or some type of accident? He's suicidal. That, yes, okay. And he throws himself in front of a car. I, I love he that. also finishes his mission at the end of the movie. Burns he, up with the clothes, right? Yeah, he puts yeah. himself in the incinerator. incinerator. As Ethan Hawke's character. They both launch at the same time. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> the afterburners kick off on Ethan Hawke's ship as he's going to Saturn, I believe. Something like that. Saturn or Jupiter. And Ethan Hawke is climbing himself into the incinerator with the clothes, and they both blast off at the same time. Yeah, it's it's, it's really, really good. It's really good, and That's it's a good really sad. Well, the struggle between... What I love is you also don't realize that like the lead detective, not Alan Arkin, but the other guy, you don't realize that's his brother at first. Yeah, I, yeah. And they kind of break that to you halfway through or mm-hmm. three quarters of the way through, and you're like, oh my God, that's his brother that's been hunting so him down. So there is that family tussle too, yeah. like sibling rivalry. Well, and, I'm and, engineered, I'm a fuck up. I'm well, a fuck baby. What, well, what's worse <laughs> is his dad's Casey Jones. <laughs> Elias Cotillas? Yeah. Nice. But no, Dude, I haven't seen it in like 20 years. It's been a little while since I watched it, but I watched the opening scene and when mom gives birth to the son and after they check and realize how many different problems that he has being genetically, not genetically modified, but just being naturally born yeah. and conceived, is they go through that whole list of everything that's going to happen to him. Mom wants to name him Anton. Oh, yeah. And the dad immediately... We're going to say another gonna, name, and so we're going to say that name for the perfect. One. So he becomes like I think it's like Victor Anton, and then his brother is Anton. Yeah, and so it's like oh, after all of those problems he's got, I don't want to give him my name. My dad also hates me. Yeah, 
It's I have, horrible. I have two favorite scenes in that movie, and they're real quick. One is when he's on a date with Uma Thurman, and they're in the convertible, and they're looking for him. And they're at the police checkpoint. Right. And he really quickly turns his head and pulls those fake contacts out. All oh, and throws and them out the window? Yeah, because his yeah. eyes are supposed to be blue. And his right. eyes are brown, so he has blue contacts. And he pulls them out real quick and flips them out the window. It's really cool. James Bond It's a kind cool of shot, yeah. And um, the other one was when he's taking his test on the treadmill. And he's got that recorded uh, heartbeat of Jude Law, whose heartbeat never goes above like 185 or right. whatever. He's got that recording. It's only supposed to last 60 seconds. So he's to the wire trying to – and they're they're clocking him for 60 seconds. And his heart can't take the fact that he's on that treadmill and he's running like 15 miles an hour or whatever. And his heart's going 185, yeah. you know, whatever. And he gets off. And he's like – basically, he's like, it's fuck. It's, you got the test. It's enough. And he almost dies because <laughs> he runs himself into a heart attack. Yeah. God, that's a good movie. Yeah. It's uh, a real slow burn, like dystopian sci-fi movie. I I, what it. I also love about the movie is that it's got that great retro neo-noir feel where it's <laughs> futuristic. Yeah. But it also looks like it could the be convertible. the 40s and 50s. Yeah, the convertible. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's a very, great what-if kind of I like it. Uh, scenario. It's, it's also very close to being um, – um, a Brave New World, mm-hmm. which is if you could genetically engineer your children. Okay, so <laughs> that's your number three. I need to laugh. Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what better movie to put in there than there's a parody of have half of the things that, you know, I everything has been parodied in Spaceballs I what didn't, you had before it. So I didn't good. get to see any of the original Star Wars happen in a theater, but I got to see, Star, uh, I got to see Spaceballs happen in a theater. And for okay. me, when I was a kid, Till I was about ten or eleven, Spaceballs to me was another Star Wars movie. Like I, I held them in the same weight. One told a really cool saga. The other one is just a funny fucking movie that sends up. Which it's it's if you're a sci-fi person, right? You come around come around at the right time. Spaceballs gives you a like a softball introduction to like okay, Planet of the Apes. You can laugh at that. It's not a funny movie, but you can laugh at it. So that's how you get introduced to like for some people Star Trek, Planet of the Apes, uh, Alien. What else did they take the piss of in that? Your um, big ones were Star Wars, Star Trek, Alien, Alien, Planet of the Apes. Yep. Probably more. Those were the th- those four, are the four big four ones. big ones. Um, they do ding 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 ding. That's uh, Bridge on the River Kwai. Right. Um, yeah, and it's just you know Mel Brooks is he's, his his spectrum is so wide, man. He can ding ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> did I miss something? <laughs> When did we get to Disneyland? Disneyland. <laughs> uh, thanks, little guy. Um, it's it's Mel Brooks. You get he he tones down on the toilet humor a little bit. Oh, Max Headroom's in it a little bit uh, with uh, pizza oh, is going to send out you. you. Uh, but you still get you get Mel You're Brooks delicious. <laughs> you get Mel Brooks kind of toilet childish. Uh, just vaudevillian humor, but you also get a, a decent little sci-fi story. And make it. fun of all the Rockies. Rocky 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> it is good. I, that's probably my favorite Mel Brooks because... That's really your favorite Mel Brooks? Because um, okay. as how how nostalgic it is. And how One of my things... favorite lines in that is, Hey, those are the guys that stole our uniforms! Yeah! And beat the, the shit, shit out, out of, of us, too! too. <laughs> Isn't that uh, Rick DeCummin, yeah. DeCummin, yeah. Mr. Weingartner. <laughs> Too early for flapjacks? I think maybe Rick. both. <laughs> yeah, Fucking love that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rest well, dude. Rest well. I saw this. I had no idea uh, anything to do with Alien. 
I did not understand. I didn't know anything about I just asked my mom, why alien. is this happening? Why is this funny? Why is this pertinent? To so when She's I like, first saw, when I saw Alien for the first time, I knew then what they were making a play on. And yeah. the fact that it was, uh, what is his name? John Hurt. Thank you, John Hurt. I wanted to see Roddy McDowell. I'm like, that is not right. Somebody else. <laughs> yeah, John Hurt. Um, be interesting recasting. Oh, no, not again. <laughs> oh, no, not again. Okay, that's implying good. that he survived the original chest burst. I love that. Uh, uh, yeah, we've all seen it. We all know it. We all love it. Spaceballs. That's my number three. It's now 336. I have to go to the bathroom. What's your number two? When the precogs declare a victim and a killer, their name is embedded in the grain of wood. Since each piece is unique, the shape and grain is unique. The shape and grain is impossible to forge. I'm sure you all understand the legalistic drawback to pre-crime methodology. Here we go again. Look, I'm not with the ACLU on this, Jeff. But let's not kid ourselves. We are arresting individuals who have broken no law. But they will. The commission of the crime itself is absolute metaphysics. The precogs see the future, and they're never wrong. But it's not the future if you stop it. Isn't that a fundamental paradox? Yes, it is. You're talking about predetermination, which happens all the time. Why'd you catch that? Because it was going to fall. You're certain? Yeah. But it didn't fall. You caught it. The fact that you prevented it from happening doesn't change the fact that it was going to happen. You ever get any false positives? Someone intends to kill his boss or his wife, but they never go through with it. How do the precogs tell the difference? Precogs don't see what you intend to do. Only what you will do. Then why can't they see rapes or assaults or suicides? Because of the nature of murder. There's nothing more destructive to the metaphysical fabric that binds us in the untimely murder of one human being by another. <laughs> Somehow I don't think that was Walt Whitman. Zara Cinnamon. She developed precogs, designed the system, and pioneered the interface. Speaking of interfacing, I'd love to say hello. Um, straight away, uh, his theory on time travel is flawed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you change anything, uh, you change the future. <laughs> Thanks. Um, actually, uh... <laughs> <laughs> is that Jimmy? It sounds like Jimmy, the one with the. No, the I wasn't doing. I wasn't like making South fun Park. of one oh. of the special kids from South Park. I was just making fun of nerds everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a little less subtle. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing worse than getting arrested for something you haven't done yet. <laughs> but well, it's didn't a grow great. Up in my house. Yeah, uh, but there's. It's a great what if concept, and it's really hard to not choose to do at least one story that came from philip k dick philip k dick is he's like a he's another kind of the, one of those rod sterlings where it's like he was way ahead of his time he with, just knew the seed of what makes good science fiction that's what that's true science fiction yeah like it's fiction but it's based in science it's not just spaceships and grunting and lightsabers and anyone listening that doesn't know who philip k dick is and what he's influenced there's a lot but the big things that you would have heard of is blade runner total recall uh more recently he was the i robot Cree- yeah uh, i don't know if it was, i think, I think that he- was isaac asimov was it oh it was, um, asimov. It was but asimov. i know that the man in the high castle television series has been fairly popular that was his I think he wrote that was his novel. I didn't. I couldn't get into that show. I couldn't weird. get into it. That I alternate uh, alternate history, and I love thing. that kind of shit. I know. I just it, it was, yeah, couldn't it get was, into it. The, the the tone was. I didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, I just, don't. I don't like Nazis as a general rule. There's not really any good people on that side. It's just got. It's got. 
good story. This one has good strong science fiction themes. It's in the future. A lot of the stuff that Spielberg purposefully like met with. I forgot like, Stevie did that. Stevie did this one, and he went and got with a fair amount of like like engineers to go. What like honestly do you think would be in the future? I want to see things that actually may come to pass, and a lot of things have since then i haven't gone through all of the lists but it's it's freaky in some ways some of the some of the technologies that have i don't even come because it was 2002 i don't even really mind tom cruise in that i he's i i have no problem with tom cruise as an actor in the movie somebody could have been see it's almost like the fugitive yeah you talked about gattaca being a film noir right this is almost this is like like the fugitive I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about almost killing my wife in 10 days. I won't care. (laughs) Well, if it worked, you know, he wouldn't have killed. You knew he was going to kill her. I didn't didn't kill kill my wife. Yeah, it's one of those, if you think too hard about this kind of shit, you get on cross-eyed. My eyes hurt. (laughs) Yeah, but it's, I forgot how, it's like, this movie is almost two and a half hours long. Uh, So, yeah, I put down here, Minority Report, 2002, PG-13, two hours and 25 minutes, but it moves so well. It's It's so well-paced. It's quick, yeah. Uh, And so that would uh, put me right at around close to 8.30 before we go to my last film. So what is your uh, number two? My number two, after uh, about a 20-minute, actually, yeah, about a 10-minute break, the first time I saw Aliens... It was a Sunday afternoon. Okay, that one works. Yeah, that's a Sunday afternoon movie. That one's not as depressing. Because <laughs> I had three channels, and it was on the Fox affiliate out okay. of Dayton, Ohio. It was uh, a 20th century Fox movie, so that would... You don't very often movie. see yeah. the first alien on television. No, because it's... it's well, well, now, back, especially, back, it's now, slow. Sure, but you don't see it's it It's dark, and it's... So I'm I guessing had, Aliens is your... Aliens is my number two. Yeah. I had bristled against this movie for so long because I fucking don't really care for James Cameron. Okay. But a couple weeks ago, Jamie and I were talking. We were trading. We were both off for a while. And um, it was like, all right, hey, you picked a movie last night. I'll pick a movie tonight. Like, okay. And uh, one night she said, hey, how about Alien? And I went, how about fucking okay? So we watched <laughs> Alien. And then Alien went off. And I was like, how about fucking Aliens? And she was like, I might fall asleep. And I was like, that's okay. That's the best one. I'll finish it. And I texted you partway through it. And I was like, I have been so wrong all these years. This movie is so much better than I remember. <laughs> Because typically James Cameron, I always just associate I him. I get it. I associate him going with more style over substance. And he does that to a percentage, but there's still the kernel of that real story there. And that's a good survival kind of siege movie. But he created almost a better iteration of one of the most classic, freakiest movie monsters out there. He took the well, he xenomorph made it a, and he, he created the mother he you made know? It, he made it a movie monster where yeah. Ridley scott in the first one made it a movie menace like yes. you don't really see the xenomorph the first alien is a haunted house movie mm-hmm. this is a this is a space a, monster movie yeah and there's kind of like a roller coaster it, it is yeah and then we'll talk about it yeah later. uh <laughs> and we drive you into the wall for <laughs> number three yeah, i will <laughs> uh if you do not tell me you like alien three i will burn this house to the ground <laughs> um you, Aliens is another one of those. It's standalone. You get enough backstory on Ripley. I'm curious what your your final film in this marathon is. It's gonna. It's gonna. It's a. It's a rubber band. I'll give you that much. Um, <laughs> you don't need Alien to watch and enjoy Aliens. You don't need Alien Three. You can no. watch Aliens. Mm-hmm. By you can watch Alien by itself. You can you watch get, Aliens. You by get itself. the backstory in James Cameron yeah. is he was a better storyteller 
in the, the 80s, 80s? Now? yeah, yeah cuz he was I mean it's still there's a lot of good miniatures in it man there's a it's a it's a really good mix of story action and visual, visual effects. effects they all blend well they all really to, really some well of the together. lines don't hold up like with the uh the misogyny and the homophobia against the uh, latino chick yeah but she she gives it right back it's so eight, yeah so it takes like 10% of the bullshit it off it takes of the it. piss out of it a little, a little so bit, it yeah. works but um, yeah it's a little a little rough around the edges in that respect. And this is arguably the high point uh, in the arc of one of the greatest uh, movie heroes of all time is uh-huh. Ellen Ripley because yeah. she yeah, – the fight scene with the <laughs> the power loader and the and the queen. So Get cool. away from her, you bitch. <laughs> you ever seen Paul? Yes. Um, I love the, the flip of that where she's the bitch. <laughs> she is. And I think it's the little girl that played Newt that says it. I, I need to go back and watch Paul. It's been, I'm not sure it's been about that, but yes, 10, 12 years I, yeah, since she I watched is it. The, she's the big bad at the end. And it adds a little bit more to the weight of the mythology of what a xenomorph is. You right. kind of, holy shit. They've been, how long was she in cryosleep? It like, was like 57 50, years. 57 70 years, yeah. And so the, the xenomorphs have had nothing to do but multiply on that planet. Yeah. Oh, we said uh shows you, it just shows you how big it can go and like how the 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 amount of time that they'll let Ripley sleep just shows you how colonization there. Like why would you do that? The amount of time that they let Ripley sleep just shows you how big and empty and cold and uncaring the universe she exists in is. is. Yeah. yeah. And it's just I I love it for that. And their spaceships aren't sexy. Their spaceships aren't cool looking. They just look like fucking big castles floating through space. Yeah. And it's really cool, and I love that. And my number two, goddamn it, nineteen eighty six aliens. It's about twenty after six. What I'm going to do right now, I'm going to take a shower, and then uh, grab some dinner, and then I'll hook. So back when up. you I'll when hook. you come back in, when does your last one start? Seven p.m. Seven p.m. I'll be back in about forty minutes. <laughs> so in that forty minutes, let's talk. Um, is it De Palma? Is your number one De Palma by no, any chance? No, it sure yeah. isn't. Okay, we will. Oh. What's your number one? I uh, my number one starting at eight thirty is Inception. Mm. 2010, okay. PG-13, two hours and 28 minutes. Christopher Nolan. Have you seen Inception? I have not seen Inception. I haven't seen most of the ones you, you've listed oh, today. Oh, man. It's so good. Uh, it's just a thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream-sharing technology is given an inverse task of planting an idea into the mind of a CEO. What it does is it's just closing out the the possibility of closing out my what-if marathon with Nolan's Inception, it's like that film, it could easily be like a heist movie because okay. while they're stealing secrets, this one, it's we're trying to implant something. But the only way to properly implant it to make it feel like it's organic in whoever it is that's being implanted in is you have to go into a dream, into another dream. Right. Into a third dream, and so they're like three layers. Your your marathon could be called Nathan's MK Ultra sci-fi <laughs> movie marathon, huh? Kinda. Did he do a lot of? I know that's known for its visual effects. How much of this the effects are in camera? In a lot section? of them are in camera, but some of the stuff where it's the world building and seeing the city kind of fold in on itself—that's right. CGI, right? Right. But a lot of the effects that they did when there's certain then you have some rotating rooms like it was fly. a hallway in like a hotel since you're in the dream of a specific person when he starts to shift and fall or the van is going off of the bridge and falling okay. there becomes a weightlessness within his dream and so that's when you see the shift in the uh in the hallway and so you got jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt having to 
run up one side, side. and then the other side. Yeah, it's quite Nolan's, imaginative. Nolan's movies are beautiful. I just and they're think pieces. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just too old. I don't know. No, you're not. I'm not. Maybe you I just am. Maybe you I'm not. you I get don't. in your head. You get inside your own head rather than just letting you go. You don't want to be inside my own <laughs> head, man. Well, what's also fun is they play on if you've ever been just starting to fall asleep and if you ever do, oh yeah, yeah, you do the shake awake or, yeah. or whatever. They call it the kick because okay. that's what sparks whatever it needs to be in order to pull everybody back out of the dream, back out of the dream, and then back out of the dream this. to get them out. How much acid? How many grams of shrooms do you need to eat to enjoy Twelve. Inception? Twelve grams? Jesus Christ! All right, hero. <laughs> No wonder you chose these movies. <laughs> I don't know how For much that is. For everybody's sake, Nathan doesn't do drugs or shrooms. As or... you can tell by the amount of grams that he gave. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a wonderful, it's a wonderful mind-bending creative concept. Sure. Um, and This was between Dark Knight and Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Rises. Rises. Okay. Uh, Nolan it's takes... His, it's, it's his conversation. Yeah, it is his conversation, kind of. The the lengths in which Nolan takes in order to craft his story, relying on really beautifully choreographed in-camera visual effects, is just is, And I do really love him for, I do love him for that. And the concept of trying to figure out, okay, is he still in a dream or is he actually in real life? You kind of wonder that, and it kind of ends on one of those notes of, is this real or is it not real that, that ambiguous kind of ending uh-huh. really plays oh wait plays to... really well and so it's just it's just enough to melt your brain enough to where you, once you hit the 11 o'clock range you're like all right i'm ready for I'm, bed i'm done i'm done i'm spent i my <clears throat> my number one uh might not be the best choice to be ending start at seven o'clock and end at 9 p.m I had to search some sci-fi because I wanted this to be a fun list because I, I, I kept it kind of big and okay. mainstream. But I kept coming back to this one because it, it came up a few times in lists I found and, and just articles I found and stuff. But it's a personal favorite. I couldn't get away from it because – Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I guess in some way I'm connected to it because you, you wonder, is he really a time traveler? Is he really crazy? Is he right? Did he drop the virus? Is he crazy? 12 monkeys. Oh, I was thinking about 12 monkeys. It's it's one of those. It's another kind of... Oh, that's good. It's been a little while since I've seen 12 monkeys. Gattaca, so Planet good. of the Apes sci-fi. It's not really all about it's the It's not science. your happy time travel movie. It's Cuckoo's Nest, but with time travel. Yeah. And I saw this the when I was... The future is dirty and... Soggy and, and soggy. gross. It's, it's like wet it's, and looks gross. Like it's, looks like it smells like pee. It's dark and wet and gross. Like, tell, me Brad, tell me Brad Pitt when he's in the asylum and he's got the mustache and he's crazy and doing the thing. Yeah. The, 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 the tardive dyskinesia. Yeah. Tell me he doesn't look like he smells like pee. <laughs> that whole ward looks like it smells like pee. <laughs> I, I agree. And I don't remember what made me rent this when I was a kid. It was... Well, you would get... It would well, come it's up, got monkeys in it, right? Well, it would come up in trailers... And they made the trailer look more like, not like aliens, but more in the tone of like aliens. Yes. More like a straightforward thing. And I put it in and I watched it and I was like, so it just happens in a library then? Or <laughs> this, is like, this is like a book on video, but you... you and that's Terry Gilliam, right? Yeah. 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 So that so adds... Good. It was a adds, perfect person yeah. to, um, to direct that movie. It also has it plays on the inevitability factor, correct? Well, it's, the, it's the inevitable. Paradox. It's not gonna. Yeah, it's a paradox. This is already going to happen. You you can this is you can fix it 
but if you fix it, you're going to do away with yourself. So he's in that's the, right. He's in the train station and he sees himself as a kid as his parents are shot. So he's there with himself and he's seeing himself. I just I love it when they set up a paradox because then it's just like have you ever been in a room where there's mirrors on opposing walls and there's yeah. just an infinite number of Yes. That's that thing I was talking about one time. I, that's I love crazy. I love that idea. So I think that's why I like this movie because <clears throat> it's not happened yet, but it's already happened and it's going to happen and it's happening right now. And good God, my nose is bleeding. Uh, <laughs> that was a lost. Travis is on the floor. <laughs> He's in a seizure right now. <laughs> and that you can overlook the fact that it's Bruce Willis. Yeah. And he kind of melts. This, like you can still kind of. He's still kind of. They could have gotten anybody to play it. They went with a name because they needed to pull. And I don't know people. how Gilliam felt about that, but he's still kind of a like a five o'clock shadow ham bone in it. But he's okay. Yeah. Um. And then him at the end when he's got the disguise on, he's got the long mullet and the the broad yes. mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, is Madeline Stowe in that Madeline, as well. Madeline okay, Stowe, yeah. Brad Pitt, and um, have you seen the uh, TV show? No, uh, I've, I've I started and watched a few episodes. It, it's the same way that uh, Fargo is a TV show. It okay. takes the same premise and the same ideas, but it's not connected really. Um, and Twelve Monkeys is based off of like a. Is it a French film or something would, like that? I would assume so. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know if it was short remember. or not. It's been but three yeah. or four years since I watched it. If that's a good – it's a downer. It is. But, it? but that's how I choose to end no, my No, but it works. Marathon. But it works as your close as your close. Because you don't want to end on out. Star Wars. If you end on Star Wars, dude, you can't go to sleep. You're all hyped up, you know? This one, you're like, I got to go to sleep. I'm just – I might have <laughs> I'm weird, fucking depressed. I might have weird <laughs> fucked up dreams of a soggy, damp, piss-smelling future, but – I never slept so well. <laughs> so yeah, Twelve Monkeys. That's my number one. God, I'm tired now. I yeah. want to go to. I want to go to bed. Your movies wore me out. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, be sure to. Uh, if you don't, just download it. it again and <laughs> tell re-listen. A friend. Tell a friend. <laughs> tell a friend. If you, if you don't like it, tell an enemy. Either way, uh, hit us up on the socials. Fuck it. Give us your pick six uh, sci-fi marathon. You don't have to time it out. Yeah, if like you go to sixpackdoublefeature.com, you can enter a um, – you can actually at the bottom of the page, you can enter submit your, one. Yeah, and enter yeah. your idea for a pick six if you want to do one If you want to do one. If you're cool enough, we might let you do one uh, on the phone or in studio with us. Yeah. Depends. If you're cool enough, though. Um, if you want a T-shirt, if you want a sticker, hit us up. Uh, sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com hopefully by now we've got our list of all the backlog pick sixes so you can track if we've repeated and you can call us out on repeating we, I know we've repeated we, we know we have movies that we've repeated we don't really care but we try not to but we just hope you enjoy it yeah hope and you share it. the love we'll be back next week Nathan with what are we doing next week I don't know I have no idea okay uh, sounds fun <laughs> yeah, can't sounds, wait to listen sounds amazing uh, you guys uh, have a good week. Be good to yourselves and each other. Nope, I'm not going to say that. You guys have a good week. Uh, be excellent to each other. And uh, stay, stay off, off the moors. Pick 6 is a Clopec Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t-shirt and sticker at sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. I love you, Dr. Zayas.